Ladies and gentlemen, Cade Roke asked me a question right before this episode started, so I didn't have time to do my normal announcement of, okay, guys, but it is episode 123 of the Open Guardcast. My name is Jake Watson, joined as always, well, I mean, as per last time, by Cade Roke. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, we're, we're here. We're going to uh, jump right into the episode. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about today. Big gonna... weekend this weekend, Jake. <laughs> Man. He messed up on stage yet again. I did not even. In the commentary booth, made himself look like a goof. Bars, but. Honestly, that rhymed a little (laughs) bit. That was on accident. And you know what? I rhymed on the broadcast, too. I forget what I said, but I was like, Dr. Seuss, if he was hanging out with Tupac Shakur a little bit too much. Oh, man. It was pretty sick. Anyway, what I was doing this last weekend, I love that you just interrupted me and I let you do it, too. No one can ever say we're not friends. Um. It was the IBJJF recap is what we're going to go over first. It was the IBJJF Grand Prix. There was the male and female divisions, each for $10,000, the first IBJJF female GP in history, and then a few super fights, one of which was Tynan Dahlberg versus Rodrigo Lopez. That was, uh, I, I want to say, a huge shout-out to Rodrigo Lopez for taking that match. A lot of people were turning uh, Tynan down. It was supposed to be like Levi versus Tynan and... Rodrigo stepped in. He was. I talked to him before the show, and he was like, "Gave me the most gangster answer ever." I was like, "Hey, man, so like, uh, how are you feeling about this match?" He's like, "Man, no one would take this match." The way I look at it is like, "Why wouldn't I take this match? I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna do it." And I was like, "And, if, and like that didn't happen, but, <laughs> but it was still like, man, that's the attitude you gotta have. You know what I mean?" Yeah, for sure. Um, but first of all, okay, so the male GP was Ronaldo Jr. versus Manuel Hebmar first round. And then on the other side of the bracket, it was – why am I forgetting right now? Is I just Arky did this. Yeah, I was there yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, yeah. No, day before was the event. But it was Izaki Baez versus Andre Portofidio. And uh, important to note, Izaki just got off a Nogi match, I believe, in Brazil yep. the week prior. And Andre Portofidio just got off of a Nogi tournament the week prior. So both of them came off of this weird, like – you know, you're doing no gi and then you're jumping right into a gi match, both at the highest level in the world. Have you done something like that before? Uh, I think you have. Yeah, juvenile, not mm. not not at yeah. you know any higher rank than blue belt. But, yeah, for sure. You know, just juvenile is the only thing that we've really competed crazy like that gi and no gi. We used to compete, man. When Kate and I were kids, we compete like every week, and then we get shoveled up in an RV and just uh, drive state to nah, state. We would we would take Jake's truck to California once a month. Oh and gosh, me and Connor would just absolutely torment him the entire time. There was this one time where we took a. I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we we took this trip, and I was under the impression that it was going to take a long time to get to California. So my thought was, we got to leave at 4 a.m. And we live in, mind you, we live in Gil. We lived at the time like near Gilbert, Arizona. I think we left from like Queen Creek or something like that because you lived there. Um, but we we live from, we leave from Gilbert, Arizona, and. I'm like, man, we gotta we gotta leave at four because it's gonna take five hours to get there, maybe seven or eight with the traffic. Mind you, our coach told Jake, Hey, you guys can leave at four. I'm not leaving till five thirty though. So we were already leaving an hour and a half before our coach was even planning on leaving because we were going to train. Yes. But anyway, continue. And well then we got so class starts at twelve. Our goal was to get to class and just drive straight to the gym, straight to class. Uh, class starts at 12 at Gracie Humaita, San Diego. and uh, We get there at 9.30. We get there at 9.30 a.m. Uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And Connor and Cade naturally were a little upset with me. 
Uh, we're sitting down, and you know what? What made it worse? What added insult to injury is we get there, and we can't even check into our hotel yet. So the check, <laughs> we get there too early for the check-in time. So we're sitting outside of the hotel with nothing to do. There's no class. There's not even a hotel we can just go like sleep in for an extra. We're hour. sitting in the courtyard of a hotel, baking in the sun. And me and Connor at this point, we were all happy because we'd slept most of the car ride. <laughs> Jake drove. Yeah, I would, my eyes, it looked like I took Adderall and cocaine together. I'm over here. Uh, my eyes are so wide and upset because I know I realized about halfway through the trip, uh, we're going to get there a little early and they're asleep, you know, so I'm just, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to respond to them when they wake up and inevitably make fun of me. So from 930 till the start of the noon class, Jake was on the verge of tears because me and Connor were so happy and so energized and he was so Okay, verge of tired. tears. Yeah, you were so I was not emotionally so distraught. Yeah, you from, were. Okay. No, well, you were. Listen, that is a very weird tangent we just de- went down. What's funny is uh we're looking outside of our window right now. There's a there's a cute <laughs> <laughs> there's a you dog. guys can't see it, but there's a dog popping a squat right now, and uh, let's just say he's uh, losing a little bit of weight. The um, owner does have a bag; she is bent over picking it up. Did she get? This has got to be one of the weird. The, uh, Danny and I never did this. Okay, we never well. commented on a. Well, I was always in a enclosed room. I wasn't married when we did the open guard cast before. This is a new Jake Watson. Um, but okay, so the abusive recap. Let's keep going because uh, I don't even know how this. Oh, this started because we were um, talking about you know gee versus no gee. I got a chance to talk to Andre Porterfield before and after the show, and he's a great champion. He's super good guard, um, very well-spoken, and he's very driven. So he he did the EBI Absolute Tournament the week before. He did really well at it. And then he competed did, uh, that day, and he was like, man, Jake, you've seen me at my best. He's like, was that my best? And I was like, honestly, man, uh, it didn't look like you were able to get a lot of your stuff going. And he was like, it's because it wasn't my best. I know what my best is. I got to decide. I think this is a part in my career where I have to decide. Am I going to pursue no gi more or gi more? So I'm interested to see what he decides because he's gi pan champion. I believe he's even no gi pan champion. So it's like, I mean, he did, he's won that tournament with both. He really could make a choice. And the way jiu-jitsu is leaning right now, as far as money's concerned, it's leaning more towards no gi. Like flow grappling, you know, this is the very first collaborative effort between flow grappling and the IBJJF. And... I mean, there was more, there was money. I mean, there's $10,000 is for winning two fights to win $10,000. Like, dude, that's a lot of money. You know, um, flow grappling took, took really good care of the athletes, like shuttled them, gave them a hotel, fed them like everything. It was really? awesome. Yeah, dude, nice. they took care of the athletes. Um, but I'm interested to see what they decide. And you know, on the other side, Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo looked great against Hibamar, but Ronaldo with hair is dangerous. Ronaldo with hair is dangerous, dude. I said that on the broadcast. I was like, Ronaldo's got a full head of hair. Like, it's it's interesting. I haven't seen him with a man. I don't even remember the last time I saw him with. I think it was when I was. um, He had hair when I was in the same division as him at Pam's, like 2017, when I got third in a purple ball. He was in my. He was the guy on the other third place podium, and we didn't know him back then. He wasn't training at Autos back then. Oh, really? So yeah, Ronaldo was actually on that podium, but we had no idea who he was. And he had hair. And he had hair a Uh-oh. little bit. He didn't have a lot, not okay. as much as he does well, now. Now, you see pictures little... of Ronaldo as a kid. He had like an like a small afro. Like you know, how Kobe Bryant had that little afro. Yeah, it was like a Kobe <laughs> Bryant afro. You know, it was it was like that. Um, but dude, uh, he, I mean, he he looked great. He more just man, he really weathered the storm. There was. Uh, I don't know if you saw the match, but those of you guys who saw the match, you could hear the leg kicks. Like the way that they throw foot sweeps is, it's a kick. It was a Muay Thai fight. It's a Muay Thai fight. It was for ridiculous. Sure. It yeah. was ridiculous. The slap of the gi. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, Hebamar, 
just I think that that's a game plan that a lot of people are probably going to employ against Ronaldo because of how active he is. Is they're going to try to take him down, or they're just going to wait until he pulls guard. Man, Hebamar got in on that double leg that was almost exactly Leandro Lowe style. Mm-hmm. He shucked him down a little bit. As soon as Ronaldo postured a little, he just shot right in on the, such a clean double leg. And I don't think he finished it. I think he went out of bounds with Ronaldo mm-hmm. towards his back. Yeah, but he they got re- two advantages for it. Oh, okay. That was what turned the tide in the match. Okay. Because he was down by an advantage and I believe a penalty. But then he sat. Okay, so what happened was he uh, was able to sit Ronaldo on his butt for a second, which is which is an advantage. If you get somebody down to the ground and they pop back up, it's still an advantage. And then he almost took the back. I think he got one hook in. So that was a huge, huge moment. And when they restarted the match in the middle, you were there, so you'd be able to tell me better. What Was there a little... Uh... There was a little spat, yeah. yeah. I mean, Hebamar, I think it's like gamesmanship, but Hebamar was trying to get a grip he didn't have. Oh, really? He didn't have a grip on the collar like that. He was trying to grab one. And it's like, you take what you can get. You know I mean? You're fighting two fights for $10,000. You're going to... I imagine people are going to be more tempted to skirt the, you know, skirt the, uh, the unspoken code between athletes, you know, but... Ronaldo was definitely dance on the line of legal yeah, and illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And and uh, you know, Hebamar is a great competitor, and he's obviously very smart. But he also, I think, burned a lot of energy in that match because you could see him. He was gassed. He was very, very tired. And uh, after the tournament, because I mean, you know, Hebamar wins that match, um, and Izaki wins the match on the other side. Both, you know, Hebamar won, but it was really close. Izaki was pretty convincing. I mean, he beat Andre Portofino by submission. And then the match between Izaki and Hebmar and the match between Ronaldo and Andre Portofino were both a kind of a, a, like a switch. Ronaldo was really dominant versus Andre Portofino, and then Izaki versus Hebmar came down to like the last little bit. Hebmar almost swept him. It was a, it was crazy, like down to the last last second. But Izaki Bayens, he's a he's a champ. He won ten thousand dollars. He uh, he just opened Dream Art down there in Texas too. He uh-huh, opened Dream Houston, Art USA. Right? Yep. Hey, so question for you. This was at 195, yep. correct? Yep. Okay. Do you see Izaki ever going back down to middleweight? He competed at Worlds at 195 mm-hmm. also, medium heavy. Yeah, he was also the number one ranked athlete coming into the bracket too. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think he's ever going to make a move back down to middleweight, or do you think he stays at medium heavy? Do you think he goes up? Um, he, he's shorter for for medium heavy, I want to say. He's, man, he better hope he go back down. I'm just joking, <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh I think that he's he's already world champion at middleweight, so he's got that going for him. Mm-hmm. The way that the nogi weights, and he's doing a lot of nogi now, and I I know it sounds like a broken record, but a lot of people are moving towards nogi. It's just where the money's at. Mm-hmm. Um, the nogi weight is eighty eight kilos, and that's one ninety five, and then the one down is seventy seven, which is one sixty eight. So which one are you like? If you're going to compete more nogi now, and you know that the weight is closer to one ninety five, I mean it's probably going to behoove you to move up a little bit. So what do you think Izaki walks around at that? I think Izaki walks around close to 195. That guy's thick. Oh, okay. So Did you, you not see him rip his pants? He squatted and his pants ripped down to like the bend of his knee. Dude. That, and then Flo that Grappling probably put a happens replay. once a week. Dude, Flo Grappling put a replay, a slow motion replay from behind of his pants ripping. And I, dude, I, Ricardo Amendola was commentating, but I was going to make a joke. I was like, I had a joke primed. I was like, I was like Flo Grappling coming in with a clutch replay. <laughs> I literally was about to say that because it was just so like, what are you doing? That's such a funny replay. So you think Ronaldo walks around at 195 and you think he's going to... You said Izaki, but... Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Izaki. You think Izaki walks around at 195? I think he walks around close to close it. Close to 195? I mean, he said he would cut down. He said he would cut down because he called out Tynan after the show. 
Right. Yeah, after the, after the show. Well, I mean, shoot, in his post-fit interview, he called out Tiny. He said, I'll cut down to 181. And he's done it before. It's I not mean, like he, he can't. He, he competed at 181 for a long time. This, oh, yeah. I think this is the first year that he's been actively competing over, yeah, over I agree. middleweight. I agree. I think, that, I think he totally can. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, and it's also like, you know, he's got more responsibilities now. Imagine when he was competing 181 as a, um, that whole time. He didn't have as many responsibilities. He wasn't the head of Dream Art when he won his first world yeah, title. He was think, yeah. he was training with Mario Hayes, I believe. So uh, or Alliance in some way, yeah, shape, or form. It was Alliance uh, back when Alliance was still part of Dream or Dream Art was still part of Alliance. Yeah. It, so I think yeah. that it's just like, and yeah, it was called Alliance Dream Art. Yeah. Right? I think I think the first year was 2019 when Dream Art was its. I could be completely wrong, but after that year when he lost to Arges in the final. Mm-hmm. After that year, that was when DreamArt was its own team. And yeah. then there was COVID, so no one really knew anything about what was going on it's with true. teams or anything like that. Because, you know, there was no tournaments happening. But And he had that time. He had, like, a lot of time to formulate DreamArt, make it what it is. Yeah. So now he's a coach. Um, you know, he's got more responsibilities. He's running that whole organization. Uh, he's doing a lot, you know. So it's like a lot of the athletes have more responsibilities. Tynan Dolper has responsibilities. Mm-hmm. He's running. He he's, uh, owns apartments, and he's coaching every day and teaching privates and seminars and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, they also have to make money. So you have like the, the athlete businessman relationship becomes more difficult. The more you need to be self-sufficient. That's why like a lot of these younger competitors who live with their parents get so good so quick because they're just living with their parents and their parents are supporting them, which is awesome. And, or while like a lot of the, you know, big teams will put together, crowdfunded houses or they'll have a bunch of athletes living in the same house so that they can help them. That's why like a lot of the dream art competitors did so well. It's because they would have just so much, you know, support for their careers. And, uh, it, I just think it's super, super cool, but it's also, you know, look at people like Cachino or look at people like, uh, even, you know, the MMA, like MMA fighters, they don't, they don't make enough money to support themselves they need to have another job just like me and you need to have another job we can't even do this podcast self-sufficiently we can't do i have to have another whole another career so that i can you know give my wife an amazing life bars those are bars those are bars and and, and that is facts that's the truth that's how it is yeah it was i don't know as as a kid you'd always think like man i'm gonna do this as a career this is Mm -hmm. gonna pay the bills and everything and the reality is it's just not it's not it's not there yet it's but but in saying that the turn that Nogi's taking is going to start producing more careers for more athletes. Yeah. You can you can just tell the I mean the writings on the wall. There's such a big push behind Nogi and and ADCC was such a big event and people are still talking about it. I'm still hearing about it every single day I go to the gym and you know I just listen to people talking about ADCC. It's huge and mm-hmm. with you know with the eyes is going to bring the money and Soon enough, hopefully, more athletes are going to be able to live on their own just just by competing. So, it, it's cool to see this this turn happening. I think that um, th- it won't ever be too dissimilar from every athletic career, though, because if you think about it, an athletic career is from the age of m- like minimum uh, or like the lowest number is eighteen until maybe your mid thirties. That's like every athletic career. In the NFL, you have like three years. Yeah. Minimum. Like, running like, back in the NFL is three or four years. Yeah, it's a three, four year career. And you, yeah. and then what? You know, and then like, what do you do? So I think what, what I would love to see out of jiu jitsu athletes is, and what I would love to see out of jiu jitsu companies and, 
you know, for the benefit of the sport, if people want to do it for a career is I would love to see some real educated minds coming into the sport and actually helping these athletes market themselves. Right. So for instance, an, an athlete like the winner of the female GP who Janina Lebre, great friend of ours. We, we love Janina. The fact that she went out there and had that coming out party is so freaking cool. She literally, I mean, she beat somebody who like doesn't lose like Anna Rodriguez doesn't lose dude yeah. and she kind of got worked like jenna took her back in the first minute jenna came in that match about that business oh and, and she kept fighting oh, she was yeah. not trying to stall no. hold on to no. her victory she like she really was about it yep and she, that was pretty cool she had a, a great performance that was su- such a good match it was real cool to see mm-hmm. and she uh yeah she, she did great from just from the very beginning you could see that just how aggressive she mm-hmm. she started attacking yeah, and you know, I I don't I don't know what the score was in the first two. I think it was was it six or four to uh, nothing in the first two minutes. Yeah, it was four nothing. Okay, because she did it. It, it was a it was an interesting back take, but it was it was from her back that she that she took the back, and she mm-hmm. she got up on some some position with um with the lapel, and Anna Rodriguez defended the sweep, but gave up her back, I believe. And then, like, the first match. The first match was Janaina Lebre versus Luisa Montero. And that's, like, another, you know, Luisa, dude, I read out the the statistics for Luisa Montero. She won Pan Ham's, like, eight different years. Eight. Dude, you're at the highest level for eight years? Like, that's nuts. Some of those were consecutive, too. I remember being a green belt watching her fight. Watching oh, her yeah. compete. Crazy, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, she's she's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. And so, like, imagine, okay, so, like, the winners of the male GP... Izaki, Izaki's already kind of marketing himself. He's learning about business coaching and stuff like that. Jenaina, huge coming out party. She has Hedges, her husband, who we also love so much. And those like, you have that sort of managerial people in your corner. But imagine if you had like professionals who weren't, I'm not talking about like, you know how like there was some of the professionals in like the rap industry who tried to ruin people's careers and just make a bunch of money for themselves. Shout out Jerry Heller. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but he sounds like a, you know, in, con- in context, I can probably deduce he's not a great guy. Yes. He's uh, <laughs> but... Like, well, I want to see some people like that, like, because because some of these athletes can just get taken, they can get taken advantage of, or they can just not know. Like, well, I had a lot of conversations this weekend about professionalism in the community and everything like that, and just thinking about it, even for myself, like, I'm just a commentator. You know what I mean? All I do is talk, and like this podcast could be very deeply affected by my ability to, you know leverage the leverage the commentary into the podcast and then back into the commentary people can actually hear my takes and what i think uh your takes and what you think because you're now my business partner and everything like that i just think that um it would be nice to have some more business coaching it'd be nice to have some more marketing coaching like professional how it is in the nfl where they're you know they're represented yeah i I mean there's guys there behind the scenes that a lot of us don't don't know about just because you know the gym community for most people if it's anything like ours is there's many different people that come from many different walks of lives they have way such strange careers that people have that you'll run into so with that i know that there's somebody down at aoj helping them with marketing yeah i know there's someone at autos helping them with marketing i know there's someone at dream art who all these guys behind the scenes you're never going to hear about them because they're just helping yeah they're just friends of the gym they you know they maybe train there two, three times a week, or maybe they're there every day, but still they don't want to, they don't care. They have their own careers. I guess what I mean by that is like, okay, so you're handed a contract, the contract, you think the contract's fair. You're a kid from like, let's say you're a kid from Brazil who 
Like he just came to fame. People actually really want to see him. You and that kid, I'm just using a kid from Brazil as an example. It could be a kid from America, like any, and it could be anybody. But you bring a certain appeal to the show that you're fighting on. Let's say the show wants to pay you $1,000 to fight. You think as a kid who came from you know poverty, whoa, $1,000. The reality is perhaps you could actually, you're actually worth, let's say $7,000, but you don't know better. And you look at the contract and you don't even know better. So what if you had an agent who is representing you, who reads your contract, knows the social media value, knows the ticket value, knows everything you bring to the sport, and they say, you know what, no, 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 my client is worth $7,000. What does my client need to do to make the money we feel he's worth? And then the company doesn't feel insulted because you're demanding more money. They feel like, okay, this is a negotiation. Well, actually, if you want us to pay you that much, this is what you need to do. And now you've facilitated a professional business relationship between you and the promoter that can yield to other people. It can yield like, more relationships with more companies. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so it could be that. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing with the agents is, I mean, you see it all the time, people getting screwed over by their agents. Uh, imagine a kid from Brazil who's, you know, may, know <laughs> maybe he's coming from nothing. You don't want him getting, having an agent coming up to him who the agent has no, you know, they, they could care less about this kid. Okay. So that's, that's what happens sometimes in the NFL you hear these horror stories that uh, an agent came in and yeah, he demanded more money. He got more money. But if, if the kid read the contract and actually knew, and he was actually, you know, business savvy and he mm -hmm. knew how to read the contract, he would see, Oh, Hey, my agent's getting 50%. That's not right. Even if he did help you open up a door, open up a few doors, that's great. But but a lot of times, dude, there's snakes out there. there are, a, that's true. A, a lot of the agents, I, I mean, you you hear it all the time, people talking about like movie careers and in Hollywood and stuff, dude. All those agents are snakes. You don't want, you don't want no. Like I would, the only person I would have do that personally for me is probably my dad. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hire any if I was in the shoes of one of these kids. Well, I'll tell you this much, you know, you know, Fighters Choice or is it Fighters Choice? Yeah, in uh, down in Florida. Yeah, the, Victor uh, Doria is doing a very professional job with all those kids. He actually, he. If you guys go back in our catalog, those of you guys listening right now, you go back in the catalog of Open Guardcast episodes here on Spotify or iTunes or wherever the heck you listen to it. I don't even know anybody that uses Anchor, but um, you go back to the episodes, you'll see uh, Victor Doria was an was a was a guest that we had on. He talked extensively about this. I actually want to move on from this point. But if you guys want to listen, like, you know, we've had this conversation on the show before. If you want to hear an educated opinion from somebody who's doing it, um, Victor Doria, also you can follow him at Victor Doria on Instagram. He talks about it a lot. Uh, shout out Victor. He's probably not a snake. Shout, Victor is awesome. I love Victor Doria. He's right. a really cool. Well, you haven't, you haven't met Victor Doria yet. He's nah, a, but he's still got to give him a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, let's jump into the shout outs real quick. Oh shout gosh. out to Alex from Lakewood. He's the homie. Shout out to the doc from Saskatchewan and shout out to crazy loco from Pasadena. Love you guys. Uh, if you didn't hear your name on the shout out list this week, make sure you listen next and you might be on there. Also, anyway, please continue. leave a comment on our Instagram. If you think that the shout outs are necessary, shout outs, bro. Shout outs is everyone's favorite part of the show. But two of those people we know. And, and the other that's why I'm exist. giving them shout outs. Cause I know them. Okay. 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 Shout out to whoever Kate heard doing shout outs so that he can include it on our show. So Cade wanted to go into a, uh, a little uh, kind of a, before we, we want to preview who's number one, right? But we gotta, we gotta talk quickly. 
Cade's pointing at me. All right, so I want to ask you, Jake, <laughs> what are your plans for competing? Oh. Yeah, what are your – it's on the bo- – yeah, it's the oh, last you, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to go to that one first? Yeah, okay, that's cool. the one I want to We talk have a about list. We, we started formulating our episodes a little more um, in-depth and, uh, you know – Use a little more of our brains. As yeah. We go so, you, Jake, you, my return to competition. Yeah. You've so been, I thought you've about been a commentator. You think you're Mr. Smooth with your voice and all that. Here's but, the thing. Yeah. I really want to compete again. Uh, I, I I dip back and forth between it. I dip back and forth between like sometimes I want to compete and sometimes, dude, I just don't want to go through it. It's it's a it's a big money thing. It's okay. Let me ask chance, you this. Like, Watching I, the Grand Prix this weekend, did that make you want to compete at all? I brought I brought my gi. So I told Flo, no, I brought my gi just in case somebody pulled out and somebody was sick. They, so fun, fun story about the GP. I brought my gi. IBJJF comes up to me and they say, hey, dude, we can't find Roosevelt Souza anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah? And they're like, yeah, were you serious? Like, would you actually compete? And I'm like, yeah, I have my gi. And I pulled out my gi and I showed them with my black button and everything. And they were like, okay, well, we'll let you know in like 10 minutes. So I'm like, I'm like ready to fight Felipe Andrew. I'm like, I'm going to fight him. Like Roosevelt Souza didn't show up. But then Roosevelt shows us, uh, Souza shows up, and they're like, "Dude, thank you so much for being ready. Like, that would have helped. You would have like saved the show because Felipe Andrew versus Roosevelt was initially supposed to be the main event, but then there was the male GP that was the main event. Oh, but I was going to come- heard it here first. Jake is calling out Felipe Andrew. Jake I am not calling Felipe. out Felipe Andrew. First of the year, Jake is going to fight him. I ne- first of the year. Yep. I never said next that. next year. Come on, dude. Eventually, we're going to have the open guard cast invitational, and that'll be fun. Oh, we'll organize our own tournament. We'll ask Eddie Agra for help. Anyway, um, we uh, you heard it here first, folks. But no, I'm not having. Uh, I'm not calling out Felipe Andrew. That's ridiculous. Uh, Felipe Jake wants you. Oh my gosh! Please, he said the this. easiest fight at the Grand Prix. He wants Felipe. <laughs> you always Andrew. say. Cade says that before he goes with me in the gym all the time. Because I want the easiest match in the gym. I want Jake Watson. This is Daniel Cormier versus Ryan Bader trash talk. Uh, yes, sir. Shout out Bader. No, I want to. Um, I want to return to competition. I don't know when the next big gi tournament is, but uh, I've even thought about doing Nogi Worlds just like just so I can get back out there and you know have some fun. I've thought about uh, Renee Souza has asked me to let him know when finisher sub only is. Uh, I've actually even been in talks with possibly being on who's number one. Uh, there was a guest on our show named David Garmo that I could have possibly had a match with. He's around my weight as well. I could cut down to one eighty five for that, but you know, I it just it's it's uh. It's up in the air right now. I just got married a month ago. I, you know, f- live in life in a new house or a new apartment and form, you know, just trying to figure out what the next move in life is. I'm, I'm finding out about a potential career move whenever they call me. I'm all the way through the interview process, just finding out about that. And that'll definitely change a lot in my career as well. So, Jake, you didn't answer my question. When is my Are return? you planning Can, on I will, returning I, to I am, the gi? Oh, to the gi? Yeah. I mean, I mean, no gi. Yeah, yeah both. Can. Okay, both. Either or. Like, yeah. All right, but, so uh, are you planning on it? Yeah. When? As soon as I... As You're soon on the hot as, seat, bro. Answer I know. the question. Uh, I would love to do Nogi Worlds. I just got to... All right, Jake is it. committing to Nogi Worlds. I had never committed to <laughs> Nogi Worlds. I haven't even signed up. Um, but I would love to. I just don't know what weight I'm going to be. I don't even know what weight I am right now. I was gaining weight, and I was eating, and I'm eating a lot still. I mean, I just bought my food again for the next week. I've been staying more consistent than I ever have been with a diet. Good. So, Yeah. Yeah, Jake has had diet troubles in the past. He used to eat <laughs> Chick-fil-A and Taco Bell and, and in to. and out. Oh, yeah. Still on the weekends a little bit. <laughs> it's not I'm not a anymore. psychopath. Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks. Well, what about it. you, Kate? Aren't you? Uh, you said you were you were doing thinking about uh, becoming a, a 
dual a dual sport athlete. Dual right? sport athlete is correct, Jake. I'm glad you brought that up. I am officially announcing my uh, my start to professional golfing. I got my first set of clubs this week. I did be, you actually? Okay, be real with me. No, I really did. I got my first set of clubs this week. So you're actually, what, are you just hanging out with Leo a lot and he's teaching you? No, I'm just going to the driving range and hitting a bucket of balls. Okay. Yeah, so. Can we do that sometime? That yeah, sounds awesome. Let's, let's go do it today. Well, I can't do it today. Why not? I just got home yesterday. I'm trying to spend time with my wife, dude. You'll get married. Bring her. Say. Maddie's got clubs too. Do we both want to go to the golfing range today? Yeah. Golfing go. range? All right. <laughs> the driving range, we're going golfing after this. See, two two sport athletes they're rare to come by and there's two sitting right here next to each other we're going golf and we're going jujitsu they're both solo sports because we're selfish people and we are just gonna strive at whatever we do so we're going golfing we're gonna go pro that's what's next on my list you're going pro yeah we're going pro okay listen listen i don't know if jake watson has time to write a book Mm mm-hmm uh, I've, okay, hold on. I've been hearing about this book, dude, for eight years. I don't want to hear about this book anymore. It's Either hard write, write it or don't. It's hard to write a book, dude. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll scratch the book off. It's not going to get any better. Look, okay. I have this podcast. I have the ministry podcast, Echo the Gospel, which is coming soon in November. Uh, I have an action. I have a ministry that I'm going to run. I'm going to attend seminary, uh, and I'm going to well, not attend seminary. I'm going to do it online, and I'm reading the Bible all the time, trying to figure out. God's word. I'm also still part-time coach. Gonna have a full-time job. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if I have time to be a golf professional. Okay, maybe I'll do it a little. I'll be your training partner. I'll be you. Be the golf professional with all the time that you have, and you'll be my caddy. And I'll be your caddy. Oh, dude, I'll be the best caddy you ever had in your whole life. I'll be freaking. I'll be dancing, and I'll bust out the club and you'll catch it midair and then we'll both hit a pose at the same time people are gonna be like oh my gosh it's been we've come a long way since the days of good old arnold palmer all right zoolander let's chill out with all this this dancing talk anyway uh okay so we should probably we're we're already 30 minutes into this episode so here's what we're gonna want to do kate we're gonna want to go over the who's number one coming up don't don't are you commentating that no Oh, I man. wish I was. I would Didn't love to invite who's number one. I was just at the the flow grappling in, in Austin. That was really nice. Is it like the headquarters? Yeah. Well, it's the old. It's technically considered the old building. They have a new one in downtown. What's it like? It's really professional. It's like it's, a. It's it's connected to a bunch of other buildings too. So they have a bunch of build a bunch of businesses connected to one big building. But flow grappling is like a huge part of it. They had the the who's next arena and everything in there. It was a whole big warehouse and everything. Okay, so we picked three matchups. Out of who's number one. So the, the, what I see is the whole card is, or at least the whole main card, is Bruno Matias versus Isaac Michelle, Fabricio Andre versus Ethan Krenliston, Heisam Rita versus Luke Griffith, Maisa Bastos versus Brianna Stay Marie, Colabate versus Josh Cisneros, Pedro Mourinho versus Giancarlo Bedoni. We're only going to go over the match with Fabricio, Maisa, Colabate, and Pedro Mourinho. Those are the four that we're going to go over. First of all, Fabricio Andre, Ethan Krenliston. Recently, the last match Ethan had was against Josh Cisneros, who's later on the show. And Fabricio Andre had a had a per his division a better showing. He had a, a more successful showing. I mean, Fabricio's just nuts. He just had a match with Samuel Nagai too. Fell short against Samuel Nagai at BJJ Stars. Um, did you see that the way that match started? By the way, between nah, Samuel Nagai, Fabricio Andre did his kick thing, and then Samuel Nagai did like a double arm way back, and they did it at the same time. It looked like a start of a freaking Tekken match, dude. It was awesome. 
Man, we're getting real close to these guys going super saiyan. Before dude, honestly, I see. I feel like, dude, Fabricio Andre. Have you ever talked to him? Uh, He's no. the most high energy human being I've ever met in my entire life. He he shook my hand. Like they all kind of know me a little bit because I commentate, but shook my hand and he shook it and he like nodded his head three times as fast as like like one two three like really really fast head nod. Hey, you know what? Fabricio's a gangster, bro. He Hello. paints he paints his nails, dog. He does not care about anyone's opinion. He also I, wears he also wears uh, what is it the the Hokage band? No, it's Kakashi wears it in Naruto. That's all I, I, I don't know, know, I don't know anything about, about any of that. I don't know much yeah. about Naruto, dude, but I know Kakashi. K- uh, Kakashi Sensei wears the the metal thing on his head, and it has the Hokage logo, I believe. Adam Bradley has that same logo tattooed on his hand. Interesting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know a lot well, about these competitors. Well, but. well anyway, the, yeah, so Fabrizio, the reason he paints his nails black, actually, is because he feels this? like, what's that? Do you know this? Yeah, I know this. Okay, I just want to make sure that I'm fact-checking you before you say something. No, it's because it makes him feel like a ninja. That's what he says. Are you serious? No, I'm just kind of just oh made that up. Oh my gosh. But no, that's probably I why. I just told dude. you. <laughs> that's probably why. You see him compete with painted nails. You're like, man, this guy's this guy's about that Anyway, business. the matchup. We got to talk about the matchup. Yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot about the competitors. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, background anecdotal evidence here. I think Fabricio brings a certain explosiveness. He's obviously lighter than Krenliston. I think Krenliston's really well-rounded. We see a lot more of Krenliston success on his back than we... I mean, I haven't really seen a whole lot of Fabricio Andre on his back in Nogi. I've seen a lot of wrestling, a lot of top game, a lot of passing. I think that in this match, the more well-rounded of the two, at least from what we've seen in competition, would appear to be Krenliston. But I think that... Don't sleep on Fabricio, bro. I will never, obviously. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Fabricio is able to get the match going so strong every time. He's just such a great front runner. I still am going to lean towards Fabricio Andre this match, personally. Um, but I think that it, if it goes either way, I wouldn't be surprised. Because they're both they're both very well-rounded. I just think Fabricio has this aggression and this hunger um, that really catches a lot of people off guard. If you've never fought Fabricio Andre before, I mean, Victor Hugo was caught off guard by it. Fabricio Andre took Victor Hugo down to the ground. Fabricio's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. Yeah, no, he's he's an animal for sure. I yeah. think. Uh, well, how, how do they do the point? Is this no time limit? It's okay. So sorry, it's not it's, no it's limit, not no, no time limit. The way the who's number one rule set works, at least from what I can see, is at the first third and the second third of the match, there is a who the who the judges are favoring will be said out loud. So, I hope the can the broadcast hear that? Yes, they definitely can. This guy in a truck. He hit the curb earlier, and now his alarm's going off. Very cool. Um, that's nice. And we have the windows closed, too. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's the, the ref. There will be a big thing over the loudspeaker that says, uh, judges favor red. And then if you know whoever's on the red will know, and then the other person will also know. Which, by yeah, the way. Okay, they, so no score, it's just. Yes. Okay. So what's, what's funny is that's an automated voice clip. That's not an announcer. They have an announcer do all the things beforehand. And here's how I know that. At the GP this weekend, did you see Manuel Hebmore's walkout versus Ronaldo Jr.? Yes. Okay, did you see when they said, Maisa Pastos? Yes, and then Hebmore just walks out like a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> He's and like, Jake I don't even said, care. Jake said, no, don't worry. They train together, but they are not the same person. Yes, I was just like, Maisa Pastos is fighting Ronaldo Jr. <laughs> um, but anyway... Oh, wait, so that guy's not announcing that live? No. That's a recording? That's a recording. Oh, man. Yeah, Who but I think it's more, up, it's, more e- it's more efficient that way. 
Because then they just press a button, and then this perfectly pre-recorded, you know, thing goes up, and it's still loud. It's still exciting. Okay, real quick, I got another question for you. So I was in the house yesterday, and I heard a replay of ADCC going on. And I just got to get your opinion because I was reading the comments on flow and all that. And in the chat about the pride lady, <sighs> I didn't even have to lady. say it. dude. Yeah. yeah. How'd you feel about the pride lady? I think she was very good. Second day, first day, they definitely gave her a little too much Liberty to do the tongue rolling. The, the, you know, like, because it's honestly, I think it's hard. Okay. So here's my full opinion on it. I think that the pride lady is incredible. She's so good. But the thing is, is if you don't remember Pride, then the novelty of Pride kind of falls away. You know, for so sure. there's no nostalgia. That was to all it. for people who know Pride. Yeah. The, the strength of Bruce Buffer is Bruce, Bruce Buffer still doing it. Like if there was a show just as big as the UFC and the Pride Lady was doing that show, people would recognize the Pride Lady. But Pride is several, like is far removed from ever MMA culture for the newer fans. Like you're not going to ask somebody who grew up in MMA during the Conor McGregor era to remember the Pride Lady. But people who remember Chuck Liddell remember the Pride Lady. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it was still awesome and it was more of a homage to the to the fans who like have been with it for a while. And dude, like Pride had the drummers, Pride had the fire, Pride had all the cool stuff the UFC doesn't have. Like the oh, UFC it was doesn't lit. have the drummers and the fire. Like it would be cool if they did, but they don't. They just have this you know, Bruce Buffer, and you walk down, there's music and stuff. So it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. Every once in a while, they'll do live music at a UFC event, but it's rare. It's got to yeah. be like a – yeah, it's got to be a big show. But I yeah, I agree. The first day, dude, it was ridiculous because I was, too long. I, I was waiting to watch the matches, and I know like – It was if, one hour, dude. Yeah. I Dude, I, I shut my phone off because I was sick of waiting because <laughs> it was like, man. But the second day when – when did she announce it? Just when they... She announced it when they... So she announced the finals. When they walked out, it was the Pride Lady. So it was like, introducing Gordon Ryan and like the whole craziness. And then that was sick because it sounded like, holy crap, that's a Pride Lady. Like that's how, that's how she sounded when she did Pride back in the day. And then Bruce Buffer would announce it when they... When they got on the map. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, she sounded great on the... On the second day. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think they told her, like, hey, it's got to be a little faster. Like, a little more like how Pride was. Because Pride – and then also they asked her to announce all the names. Like, and there was there was so many names per division. There was eight people per division, right? Yeah, legend has it. Her throat was uh, – 16 no. people. There yeah, were 16, 16 people. not eight. What are so you that's 16 – 66, 66, 77, 88, 99, 99 plus. That's 16 times 5 times 2. You know what I mean? No, People you have to two. announce. There's you, only two divisions. Oh, there's only two divisions for the ladies. But still, that's still 16 times 7. People you have to announce, and you're doing it you know, slower. So no critique for the Pride Lady other than like, I think they should have been a little more clear on her responsibilities for the first day, which it's a huge event, dude. Like they had flamethrowers, all sorts of stuff. There's so much to manage. They're talking about doing it at the T-Mobile Arena, which, I mean, shoot. There is, we'll have Mo Jasm on the show, too, again. And we'll, we'll ask him about his plans for ADCC 2024. Um, but, I mean, dude, the T-Mobile Arena? Can you imagine me commentating at the T-Mobile Arena? You're not going to commentate. They're not going to ask you to come back. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> the T-Mobile Arena, bro, that'd be insane, them selling out an arena for an well, ADCC. Well, I don't think they sold out the arena for ADCC 2022. Did they not? No, it was, it was like 11,000 people. Um, but dude, that's dude, still those tickets were expensive. Yeah, they got pretty expensive. Yeah, they um, were like three hundred bucks. So I think I don't know. I don't know. You know, we'll have to see. I think people want to go, especially. I think ADCC twenty twenty two will be a good marketing 
would be good enough marketing for 2024 for a lot of it, in my opinion. But they're going to need to like the UFC is going to help. The UFC is going to help a lot because yeah. the UFC and ADCC just signed a deal. So I, I really do think oh, that man. Gordon Ryan's going to do some matches. Yeah, in December, right? like in the UFC. What? Like uh, like like the UFC Fight Pass will have UFC yeah. events for grappling. Right. I think in December they. I saw something when I was watching the fights last weekend. Yeah, um, they had Gordon Ryan's name on the screen. I'm no, like, they they had him Jiu-Jitsu. on the screen. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. All but okay, stuff. moving on. Who's number one? Uh, Maisa Bassas versus Brianna St. Marie is going to be a banger. I really like Brianna St. Marie in that matchup. So Brianna won at minus or no, sorry, she took second at ADCC minus sixty. Yes, and she lost to Fionn Davis, but Mais- beat Basilio, who was the returning champ. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then Maisa has lately been challenging herself in a bunch of different divisions and been struggling a little bit because she's been competing outside of her division. Well, she's but she's so good. One hundred and seven pounds. She's very light. She she's compete- like one hundred and twenty pounds. No, no, no. She competes at Rooster, I think. Yeah, she competes at Rooster. Rooster for females like maybe she's like one. I think she's like one eighteen then. Uh, that is light feather for females. Really? Yeah. I didn't know the divisions. Because my sister used to compete. No, that's true. That's very true. Anyway, um, <laughs> forgot about that. But I think that uh, Brianna Saint Marie brings a really interesting. A really interesting skill set to that. I think that Maisa's, you know, it's going to be a matter of can Brianna St. Marie avoid the attacks of Maisa? If because I don't think Maisa is not going to pull guard first. I don't think Maisa is going to try to be on top very much. But it's honestly like Maisa also won the under sixty six qualifier in Brazil, so she did make her way to ADCC. She did win the trial. She didn't get invited. She got she won the trials and really stacked the trials as well in Brazil. I'm going to take Brianna St. Marie on that one. I just think Brianna's. She's her stock is really high, especially after ADCC being yeah. somebody who just washed the East Coast and the West Coast trials, just freaking clean the board. Mm-hmm. And after her performance against Bia Basilio, I'm gonna have to agree and yeah. say Brianna Saint Marie. That Kimura sweep is just so so simple, so yeah. good. I, I'm not gonna say that it's gonna be you know a complete blowout. I think my use is still. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, yeah. but I'm just gonna lean towards Brianna Saint Marie for now. Colabate, Josh Cisneros, who you got? Five. Oh, I got Josh. Ooh, only Josh. Yeah. I, I like do I like Cole a lot. Cole's awesome. Um but man, Josh Cisneros is just You wanna make a bet? Uh yeah. Okay, what's the bet? I'm gonna take Colabate. Well, we got the Waffle House challenge still going. The you... Waffle House challenge is the winner of Volkanovsky versus Islam Makchaev. Yeah, you I'm not gonna do that. You took absolutely the worst bet in the history of Las Vegas betting. Whatever, dude. All we'll right. see. All right. We'll so freaking see, what's Cade. What's the bet? Cole versus Josh. Oh, man. Loser right. shaves their eyebrows. I come up with the last one. Luke, shut up. No. All right. Um, All right let me go lo- ask. Loser, no, no. Loser has a six-minute ice bath. At, no, dude. I don't yeah. want to do that either. Six-minute ice bath. Why? Because no, do you not have faith in ice cola bate? You oh, just, Cade, yeah. you're breaking sorry, stuff. Sorry, that was twice. How about uh, I go ask, uh, how about I go ask Rachel? No. How about you... Ice cola bate. You got ice cold, so no, I don't want to do a freaking ice bath, dude. All right, well, we'll keep you updated on this anyway. Okay, yeah, well, what, what's I, your reasoning we'll for taking cold? The next episode, we'll tell you what bet we came up with. Um, my reason for taking Cole, I think Cole's hungry. I think Cole is uh, his back take and his back taking game is just so deadly. He uh, this is like this is like a remake of what people thought might happen, um, like how the the final might have been. Because you know people were picking Cole, the betting odds were so so heavily in Cole's in Cole's favor for ADCC. Then Josh, you know, got the third place match. He did fall short against uh, Diego Pato, so neither of these guys placed. But 
they both were just right there, you know. So I think that um, it's a good match. I take Cole because of the back takes and because of his precision. I think he's, I mean, at East Coast Trials, he just blew through everybody, all submissions. I think he had less than, he had less than a single regulation match worth of time on the mat across the whole tournament. All submissions. Mm-hmm. Like, really the best 80, I think it was the best East Coast Trials performance anyone's ever had, ever. So, that's why I take Cole. So, certified, Cole's got that dog in him. I think, oh yeah, he's got that dog in him. Uh, Pedro Mourinho, Giancarlo Badoni. Wow. All right, Jake's dad and Jake's son are fighting <laughs> oh in the same gosh, match. Dude, Giancarlo I... washed Jake 2019. Wash I still, me. Giancarlo, if I see you, it's on site oh for doing gosh, my boy dude. so dirty Giancarlo like was that. a guest on the show. Yeah, he did my boy dirty. John Carlos is a cool guy. He did my boy dirty, he was nice. bro, to this day. No, I'm just playing. No, he, he, he uh, for context, what Cade's saying, I beat Pedro Mourinho by ref's decision at fight to win, and then I lost to John Carlo Badoni by toehold at 2019 IBJJF Worlds. Yes, and you got, that was, that that was, was the quarterfinal. quarterfinal. Yeah. Yeah, he went on to fight Ronaldo in the final, and he fell short to Ronaldo, not by a lot, but yeah, no, it was a super close fight. amazing. ADCC champ versus uh, versus Pedro Mourinho, who's a light heavyweight, who's number one champ, and two-time Nogi world champ. I have a hard time giving this to Pedro. I think Giancarlo is more complete, but I also think that Pedro is so good. And I think he's so good at avoiding danger while still remaining dangerous that I think it's going to come down to who has a better game plan. I think that Pedro's guillotine is such an X factor that it's kind of scary actually. Um, and I think Giancarlo definitely like the team at Danaher is definitely game planning for it. But um, I'm going to lean slightly in Giancarlo Badoni's favor for that one. All right. I'm not going to lean slightly. I'm going to lean very heavily in Giancarlo's corner just because his uh, almost flawless run at ADCC he was on fire very good like fire so if he brings even I think even half of that energy into this one match he'll be all right because he I mean he was just on a different level he I mean who who beats Barbosa the way he beat Barbosa no one. Yeah. And also Mateus Denise. I mean, he beat Mateus Denise to choke Mateus Denise, if I'm not mistaken. All right, well, what did he do to Barbosa? He was a little bit more close than Denise. No, he was on his back. Yeah, he took his back, but he, I mean, I did, he didn't win by submission. I think he won by points, right? I think he choked him. I wouldn't be surprised. It was a very dominant match. He really looked amazing. The only time he ever faltered was against Marigali. And against Marigali, it almost looked like... Bro, that's his teammate. <laughs> it almost looked like it was, you know... What? Say it, Jake. It almost Say looked it, like Jake. it wasn't a 100% integrity match, but it was oh, Marigali man. looked so good that day that I wouldn't be – I'm not saying like or accusing. I'm just saying it almost looked like that. Um, but you know what, Cade? That actually uh, wraps up everything we wanted to talk about this episode. So what we're going to do now is we're going to play a little game called Cade getting off of his phone in the middle of a podcast no, episode. No, I'm looking up to see if he did submit him. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Um, yeah, he choked him. Nice. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Giancarlo, <laughs> shout out Giancarlo. We are going to um, start to introduce uh, on our social media some clips where uh, we're going to try to make, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to edit some different clips of the podcast and post it on Instagram to increase, 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 
to increase our viewership and everything like that. Please let us know if you enjoyed the podcast. We love that we're back here on the Open Guardcast. Shoot us some DMs. Give us some questions. Yeah. If you think Jake should stop competing, tell us in the DMs. If you think he should stop commentating, let us know in the DMs. Cool. Uh, Any questions you got, again. All good questions. If you want to be on the shout-out list, maybe next weekend or next week or sometime in the future, hit us in the DMs. All right? So, Open Guardcast on Instagram, right? Yes. Okay. Open Guardcast at Outlook.com. What? Um, that's our email. That is not our email. You can't say <laughs> stuff like that because that's an, it could actually be an email. Ladies and gentlemen, that email doesn't exist. But yeah, follow us on Instagram at OpenGuardCast. We'll have the thumbnail up and this episode uploaded um, probably tomorrow, which is for you guys. Today. Today. Or or whenever you listen to it. Anyway. Oh, Halloween. Tomorrow's Halloween. Halloween episode of the Open Guardcast. I'm not, I'm not making a Halloween thumbnail. Spooky. I'm not that guy. Thumb, Halloween is a stupid holiday. Um, but anyway. Love you guys so much. Have a great day. This Jake has been Jake Watt. Kids. I'd never said what? Uh gosh. This has been Jake Watson and Cade Roke with the Open Guard cast. Next week we'll go over something else. Any topics you guys want us to go over, please let us know in the comments or in DMs, and we will be sure to answer them as soon as possible. Thank you guys so much for listening. I don't know what else to say. This Oose. has been episode 123 of the Open Guard cast. Oos is right, Cade. All right, goodbye.